Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. All right, it's uh, 106 in Edmonton. It is hour number two of Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer and Brendan Escott are with you. Oilers Now is brought to you by our title sponsor, World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer, the ideal place to start your daily vacation. Keep texting us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line, 780-496-0063. Get the new floors you've always wanted. Ashley Fine Floors, 143rd Street, 111th Avenue, open Monday to Saturday. We're going to uh, momentarily head off to the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline. The River Cree Resort Casino, excitement, bet on it, open 24 seven as uh, we go to our Oilers Now headliner George LaRock our Oilers Now headliner brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky it's the best you've ever tasted search for Wilhawk W-I-L-H-A-U-K today we welcome back um, one of the toughest players in the history of the National Hockey League and he's a very funny guy as well uh, Edmonton sporting icon Montreal based media personality Former Oiler, former Canadian, George LaRock. How you doing, George? Good, Bob. How are you? Good. Now, let me ask you this. Where do they love you more? Do they love you more in Montreal or in Edmonton? In Edmonton. Not, not even close. Not even close? No, not even close. You know, I, Edmonton gave me my first chance. I played most of my career there. I did way more charity work in, in, in Edmonton because, you know, I was there for longer. Montreal, I was there for two years. My... In Edmonton, I played there for so long, but I've also lived in yeah. Edmonton for a long time. And and even though I was born in Montreal, after a while, I spent my summer in Edmonton. I never came back to Montreal. And with all the friends tied in and everything, and my kids that live there, um, I have to say Edmonton, not even close. Not even close. Connor McDavid uh, has 60 goals. Is he going to get to 70 goals, George? He's got 10 <laughs> games left. Yeah, you know, you know what? It is crazy what he's doing. It's funny because I remember one time when Pasternak was close to him, and I was like, "Oh man, it, this is just gonna get Connor mad." And then a couple of games later, he was ten goals ahead. So, uh, you know, like it, it, it's crazy because I I knew he was a good playmaker, but I didn't know he could he could do it. He could have a season like like Stamkos had because he's not known for. You know, a slap shot is one-timer and everything, right? But he comes so fast. It's so deceiving. You never know what he's going to do that, that you know, this guy uh, never sees to impress us. George, he's got one slap shot goal all year. It was in Columbus. That's it. He's got yeah, 60. He's and, only got one slap and, shot goal. And if you look at all these guys that, that score goals like this, look at Stamco or Ovechkin yeah. parked on the same side for one-timers. He doesn't do that. He sets the plays up. In the power play, he has the puck, and he decides where he's going to shoot it. And, you know, his IQ the other day when he, uh, like, scored a goal bank enough to, to go his back head and stuff like this that he does. It's kind of the stuff that Wayne used to do when he told Semenko, sit in front of the net, and I'll just bank enough your pads. Hey, look. Mario, did that, Mario did that with Rob Brown, too. <laughs> oh, 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 I mean, Robbie Brown got 49 goals. Uh, he said last, I asked Rob Brown, uh, how many points would uh, Connor have gotten when he played? And he goes, well, Mario got 199 playing with me. And he said, so if Connor was playing with me, he would have gotten at least 200 points. So there you go. Uh, I don't know. Now, let me ask, how many do you think if 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 Connor would have been your, your center, do you think he would have had more than one career NHL hat trick? Oh, my God, yes, for sure I would have. Like, like the thing is, is Connor, like, most guys, like, like, look at McKinnon, for example. 
People always talk about how McKinnon, how good he is. He has McCarr playing D, and he's playing with Rantanen. You know, Connor does not have Rantanen on his line. You know, Jaisaito second best center in the NHL, but you don't want to put him in the same line other than winning TP. Connor makes everyone around him better because the thing is, Connor controls the play. He carries the puck all the time. And the thing is, is that you, when you play with him and you're in the right spot, he's going to find you. You know, and then that's why it's like, you know, like you, you look at the tools that he has, players that are around him, he's doing what he can. But there was one thing for sure is that even though the goal of the other team to win the game is to shut him down, it's impossible. You cannot shut the Connor down. Like he, uh, he's he's over. Like he's almost two points a game. And the thing what people have to realize is that if he played back then, the the, the way that people can understand how dominant that he is, like he's like what twenty. 30 points, 20, 30, how many points is he he's 28 point, He's 28 points ahead of dry settle. Okay. That dominance that he has, when you're looking at that, if you want to go back then, there's no players that had a dominance over players like this, like he did. Except Wayne. Wayne. Wayne was yeah, the one guy. Yeah, yeah, Wayne did. So the similar, similarity into it. But Wayne was different because he was smart. It was delay. It was Connor's full speed. Is blatant speed, and you cannot counter that. See, Wayne, the way that he plays and stuff, like, he was amazing, his vision and everything, right? But, you know, you, you trapped him, two guys on him. It, it was different, but with Connor, it doesn't matter what you do. There's no defense to, to, to stop that speed. And now, and now that the fact that you can't hold, what are you going to do? You can't skate with him. So, you know, you, you can't, like, is it, like, he shifts guy from so many different directions. He does stuff that we are like. Listen, Connor is so spectacular that now it's becoming normal to yes. what he's doing. People are so used to it that they're taking him for granted. This is how good that he is. Like you remember thing, you look at Connor do a highlight reel, like high five, and that's it. If he played in any other team and he did that for in the first year, people would be jumping on the ice. I don't. I don't know if the fan realize like how special uh, what they have like every day, every game in and out. A guy like this playing the way that is. I don't know if they appreciate it as much because what he does is never heard of. And you know, there's a lot of general players that play in the league. Yep. But never someone with that type. Usually, a player that is fast doesn't have that vision, doesn't have that good hand coordination. He has everything. It's a full package. There's no fault in his game. We're joined by George LaRock. He's our Oilers now headliner for Will Hawk Beef Jerky. It's uh, one thirteen in Edmonton. George, when you came up in the Quebec League, and I think you know where we're going to go here with the Quebec League, it was a tough league. Like, who were some of the tough guys in the Quebec League when you were sort of breaking in, into that league? Brashear, Donald Brashear, Gino Ojek, Sandy McCarthy, Andre Roy. Man, there's lots, tons. One of the best were there. All right. Peter Worrell. Peter Worrell. Yeah. Man, it could go on and on. So, all right, you know what's going on. Uh, there's. Uh, it sounds like the Quebec League's going to ban fighting. Now, I know that uh, part of this is driven from politics because they got a bunch of taxpayer money during the pandemic and it was part of a deal and all that. Um, I'm going to hazard a guess that you think there's still a place for fighting in hockey. Agree or disagree? Okay, so regarding this, okay, so we're talking about junior hockey now. 
Um, like you, I work on the radio, and and we've talked to so many guys. Star like Suzuki talked about it. Uh, there's a couple of guys that I talked that play in the Q Stars player. I talked to superstars player that never fought even once. They all said the same. When I played junior hockey, I was a skilled guy, and when guys were taking liberty on me, um, there was someone there to protect me. If there's no, if we ban fighting, there's going to be more guys taking liberty on star players, and no one's going to be accountable to their action. They're going to get away with murder, and they'll be able to do whatever they want. Everyone says the same thing, even players that actually never fought. The thing that is going on in Montreal is, as you know, Bob, politics love to get involved with sport because it gives them publicity. That's what they're doing. They're not the one that has to make that decision. The commissioner is. But the thing is, you know, the Quebec League, people are just going to laugh at the Quebec League because they're not going to do it in Ontario. They're not going to do it in the Western. But again, we're doing it in Quebec. And then it is ridiculous. You know, like, the instigator rule is there. You don't have to fight through if you don't want to. And you play, you're fighting with a half visor. You cannot take your helmet off. Your visor is protecting you a bit. Um, you, you know, fighting is part of hockey. And, you know, like, people will say, well, in college, they don't fight. In college, they play with a cage. So as long as they don't do, like, if they don't have that rollout in, the, like, in Ontario and Western, the Quebec League can do that. They're getting last at. You know, I, the only player, there's two players I only know that, that, that were, I don't know, on your side, if there's some player that, that were for it. But in Quebec, Enrico Chicano is against fighting because now he's in politics. So his stand with his party is to be against fighting. And the other player is Patrick Roy. It's weird because Patrick Roy said he's against fighting, but every game in, in the junior, sorry, Earmuffs. every game in the junior, he wants to fight. He wants to fight the other coach. He's yelling at him, but he's against fighting. How does that make sense? You know, the temper, sometimes they flare, and when they do, people are mad. So what are they going to do if they can't fight? They're just going to slash each other in the head? Because right. if they can't fight, sometimes they, they have to let out some things, right? Yes. So that's why you cannot take it out. Well, I find it interesting with Patrick Kowak because he was always looking to stir up crap on the ice back when he played and... You know, uh, of course, he fought uh, Mike Vernon, uh, did a pretty good job against Patrick Waugh, and then he fought Chris Augustine the next year. And I remember when Cujo beat Patrick Waugh in 1998. It was one of the great moments because Patrick Waugh, you know, he had he he had a little. Did he have a little bit of attitude on the ice, George? Yes, he did. He big time. He he did, and and you know, like he, he, you know, he, he also had a big ego because I remember. He, he, the one, one, I think one of his regrets in the NHL is the fact that he never scored a goal because Marty Brother did it a couple times. And I remember sometimes when we were playing the Avalanche, as no surprise to you that we would lose most of the time. And I remember when we pulled the goalie, they had a set play that they'd, they'd have to go back to Patrick Wine. He would try to score against us. And I remember um, our coach was like, this is so embarrassing. For the team, the guy, the goalie, so selfish that he's forcing his team to give him back the puck. Come on, are you danger. serious? Really? Yeah, he, he did that. He was putting his team in danger because we all knew he wanted to score with the set play. So imagine when a guy is a clear open net and they're bringing the back the puck backwards to give it to Wasu so could score. That's, they that's... did that against us a few times. 
And I remember it was like, we just knew selfishness because you've always wanted to do everything that Marty brother did. And, uh, you know, because brother scored twice while we're in the playoff in regular season. But, but again, he talks about all against fighting, but Bob, today he's coaching junior hockey. And behind the bench, he's yelling, he's threatening other coach. It's a show every game. Which, what, which team does he coach in junior? With the Rampart, Quebec Rampart. He, he's back with Quebec, okay. No, no, he's been, he's been with them for a long time. Because the thing is, Patrick obviously dreams to be back in the NHL. So he went back coaching the Rampart thinking that he, a team would be calling him one day. But the reason why no team is calling the NHL, as you know, when he was coaching Colorado, he did a really good job when he made the playoff. The yeah. year after, Colorado, they, they, they were rebuilding. As yeah. you know, they did a pretty good job at it because look at the team today. But he didn't agree with the rebuild. So one week before training camp, he quit. He quit. I know. He left. You can't leave Joe Sackick hanging like that. No. Nope. You know good of a reputation Joe Sackick has? That, when he did that, he was done. Yeah. The well, also I, what he did. Yeah. He, he's taking too much responsibility. He wants to be coach. He wants to be GM. So even in Montreal, they passed on him. And now he wants to be back. I'm pretty sure that he's sick of, like, you know, being coaching, like, coaching junior. He did a good job junior hockey, but the guy wants to be in the NHL. Yeah. But teams are afraid of him. Well, he he did. He, his own son went and beat a kid up once in a fight, didn't he? he was His son was yeah. a goalie, and he went, yeah. now, George, just one, one of the things that's always, cons- I remember there was a guy named Brad Delgarno. He was a first-round draft choice of the Islanders, and when he was 16, he fought Bob Probert when Bob was 19 in the OHL, and Bob was the toughest guy in junior hockey, and Delgarno went toe-to-toe with him as a 16-year, and I guess for some people, as I recall, like, I think you were 16 when you fought Sylvain Bluan, right? He was 20? Yeah. yeah. It was your first, yeah. was it not your first fight in junior? And, yeah, one, and, one of my first. And that's 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 the one scenario where I, you know, for some people out there, you know, then Sylvain Bluen never wanted to fight you in the NHL. He was scared of you, wasn't he? I, I actually, when I played in, with the Amazon Bulldogs, for the farm team of the Oilers, he played, uh, before he was in the NHL, he played with the farm team of the Rangers at first. Yeah. And I, I, I chased, I was chasing him on the ice. I was 20. I was chasing him. He wanted nothing to do with me, and I chased him in the NHL too. It's crazy how full. So he took advantage of your one of your first fights, and he got the upper hand on you. And I think he gave you a bloody nose, and was and and he never gave you the chance to go again. No, but but again, he like in Minnesota, he played with Matt Johnson. So when I was chasing him, my chance, Matt Johnson would come and see me, and then I would lay him down. You know, (laughs) so so again. The way that I was handling Matt Johnson, I think he kind of knew that it was not, it wouldn't be a good idea yeah. if he dropped the glove with me, yeah. because Matt Johnson was way tougher than he was. Oh yeah, no question about it. We're joined by George Rock. George, it's it's fun watching the Oilers. Is it as much fun watching the Montreal Canadiens right now? Uh, you know what? Um, well, the Oilers is fun to watch because you know it, it, the, you you wonder the ceiling, what are they going to do, and and if they're going to do a good run of playoff this year, but. Canadian, the reason why it's fun to watch is because, you know, right now they have an AHL team. Everybody's hurt. Like, they're, be- they're beating an NHL record for men lost to injury. They had the record last year. They beat it this year. Josh Anderson's done for the year. Goulet's done for the year. Everybody's done for the year. So, every game, they should get slaughtered, and they win. <laughs> they do good. Yesterday, they dominated Boston. They dominated it. They deserved the game. 
They beat Tampa the other night. So a lot of people are mad, the fans in, in, in Montreal. <laughs> they wanted Bedard. Like, they wanted yes, Bedard. Yes, they're like, what are we doing? Why are we winning? You guys have an HL team. But you think the players are like, we want Bedard? There's no players in the room that want, that, that are looking at the stands and they're like, we want to draft Bedard. They don't want that. They have pride. They have to win. They're playing for contract. Their reputation. They want to resign. Guys are competing. And I think the staff is, I bet you the staff is not happy about it. I bet you the staff, Bob, is even surprised about the success the team yeah. is having despite all these injuries and all those young guys that are there. And the one thing also that is sad is before all the injuries, Bob, at least in Montreal, the Rocket, Montreal Rocket, the farm team of the Montreal Canadian was going to have playoffs. Last Rocket, year, they yeah. made it to the, to the Calder Cup final. They said they were going to have a really good run. But Montreal has so many injuries, all the best players in Montreal. So because of that, they, they, their chance to make the playoff almost like it, it's going to be tough. It's going to be very tough, and that's to, because they have to help the Canadian that has no players. So both teams potentially will miss the playoff. And on top of all that, when you're looking at all this, Montreal, they need to be in the bottom three. They want Bedar or Fentili. They need to have the top two picks. That's who they want. That's what they want. But uh, the one thing that I'm afraid, though, Bob, listen, this is what I'm afraid of, okay? And, I, and I'm, bring, I'm bringing you a, a really real concern there, and you'll be able to trade that in with your, your people that you will talk to this week. The league is fighting hard to keep the Coyotes uh, in Phoenix because, um, you know, the TV rights and all right, that. Right, right. Six largest TV need. market. Yeah. Yep. Even with 4,500 people there in the stadium, they have to save this team. And, you know, this team needs oh, a new stadium. I know Scottsdale. where you're going, George. And then since they need a new stadium in Scottsdale with 4,500 people in Glendale, it's not going to happen. So... The escrow keeps getting higher. Player has to be out of the pocket because of revenue sharing because Phoenix is not making enough money. So, if coincidentally they would win Connor Bedard, all of a sudden it'll be easier. And when the vote is ten days after, ten days after the the, the mock draft, they have a vote. They have a vote. The, the city of. of, of Phoenix, you have a vote on it, and it will be easier to get a new rank. And on top of that, you get Austin Matthews that, when his contract is up, is going to be back in Phoenix with Connor Bedard. What do you think of Phoenix then? Phoenix is the laughing stock of the joke of the league, taking all those dead contracts, and they could potentially have behind closed door that we will never know, but they could have Bedard and they could have Austin Matthews when the contract is up. They're going back home, playing with, with uh, Bedard and scoring 60, 70 goals with him. That is some awesome conspiracy theorist ideas right there, George. I'm telling you right now, it's uh, great stuff. Hey, thanks for joining us and bringing a lot of energy. Okay, George? Anytime, brother. There you go. That is Edmonton sporting icon, Montreal-based media personality, former heavyweight champ of the league, George LaRocque. Guests and orders now receive gift cards to Japanese Village Edmonton's favorite teppanyaki steak restaurant. Come in and check out their new location, 3975 Calgary Trail. We'll have a uh, orders now injury report when we return. All right, we're going to have a little fun on the show today. Joe Biden, the President of the United States, spoke to the House of Commons today in Canada. He had this to say. Our labor unions cross borders. 
so do our sports leagues. Baseball, basketball, hockey. Listen to this, hockey. I have to say, I like your teams except the Leafs. back in January, that's why. And if I didn't see that, I married a Philly girl. If I didn't say that, I'd be sleeping alone, fellas. I like you, but not that much. Ah, uh, the brevity. Uh, 129 in Edmonton, off to a global news weather traffic update. Randy Kilburn back with Kurt Hill, GM of the Edmonton Oil Kings. You're listening to orders now.